Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales and today I am here with Kimberly Love and we are going to be talking about discovering the greatest love of your life. Kimberly Love is a radio show host on Crushing 40, which you can find on Impact Radio USA. She's also the author of You Taste Like Whiskey and Sunshine, as well as a resiliency and an empowerment coach for women. You Taste Like Whiskey and Sunshine, takes the reader through journeys that Kimberly experienced in overcoming abuse. She has transformed her life and wants to help other women do the same. Her radio show with 22,000 plus daily listeners showcases celebrities, coaches, entrepreneurs who are an inspiration to women. Crushing 40 is about empowerment and helps women learn to have fun and go past the fear to discover the life that they have always dreamed of. Empowering Women grew into a passion for helping people in a public speaking platform, and she now works to empower women by traveling the world and speaking at events. Her goal is to build stronger, more resilient women. Welcome, Kimberly. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I particularly wanted to bring you on because I know you've had an incredible journey around love. And so I would really love it if you could tell us a little bit about where you started on your love journey. Because it's so easy to look at somebody who's crushing 40 and go, oh, well, she's got it all figured out. She was born that way. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) definitely not born that way. Um, I guess one of the the huge catalysts that I had for changing my life was when I found myself in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and I definitely was not loving myself at all. Um, Tell me what that relationship. He was a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it was basically like walking around with a dark cloud all the time. He was a narcissist, so he was, you know, basically feeding on my despair and, uh, you know, loving only himself. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we get ourselves in those situations, if we're not already loving ourselves, well, we're stuck, right? Because we don't believe we deserve anything better. And that's where I was. He was abusing me mostly, um, emotionally, but physically as well. And one day he said to me, you know, the world would be a better place if you committed suicide. And I remember thinking like, wow, you know what I mean? I never in a million dreams would have someone who loved yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how could this person who's supposed to love me say something like this to me? And I mean, just those words alone almost killed me. You know, I kind of went in my bedroom and went under the covers and was thinking like, well, if this is the way someone feels about me who loves me, well, how am I ever going to get anywhere in life? But instead of, I guess, falling into despair and kind of just following what he wanted me to do with my life, I, you know, I I think as I was lying in bed, I remember thinking about my daughter. And she was quite young at that time, so thankfully she didn't know anything about it. But um, I remember thinking, like, what is it going to be like when she's a teenager? And this is her example of love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that was what kind of got me out of bed 
and realizing that I couldn't be here anymore. If I was going to be here, I was going to die. There was no doubt about that. And then my mm-hmm. daughter would be left behind. So um, for me, him saying those words actually helped me. You know, they destroyed me and also redeemed me because I was able to look at myself and, and realize that I needed to be better for not only myself, but my daughter. And I did leave him, though that was only the beginning of the journey, right? I had to figure out how on earth I was going to love myself. So this situation never happened again. Yeah, exactly. Now, I know in society, there's this myth that a woman is worth more if she's accompanied by a man. And I know from my own background and from what I've seen with clients that there's this tendency that we've been raised to have, which is to make excuses for him to say, well, it's not so bad because he doesn't hit me. So what I would love it if you would do is kind of reach into your experience and describe what emotional abuse looked like in your situation so that hopefully other people might be able to recognize it if it's going on in their lives. Yeah. And that's the thing, like you said, emotional abuse is tricky because, you know, nobody sees it, right? Unless you show it to them. For me, being in that relationship, emotional abuse is someone putting you down all the time. And it may, it may not even be obvious. For example, he liked to joke around a lot and he would call me terrible things and terrible names. And then he would say, well, I'm just joking. You know, I'm just kidding around. And you'd be thinking like, well, it's not even funny. You know, yeah. I mean, that's not even a funny thing yet. You know, a guy will do that, or I shouldn't even say a guy, an abusive person would, will do that. He will almost turn it around. Like there's something wrong with you that you can't take a joke, you know, yeah, like, that you, took you know, I'm joking. So what's yeah. the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with a, a narcissist, especially they're always going to um, try to come out as the good guy, right? Like they certainly don't want other people to think that they're the bad guy. So, you know, even if you're trying to explain a situation to somebody else, they're going to make you seem like you're crazy. And I hear all like I, now that I'm out of it, I hear it so often that it kind of scares me for other people because you'll hear even on social media when a guy breaks up with a girl, well, she was crazy. Yeah, And if a guy is always saying that their girlfriends are crazy, you have to look at the common denominator. Not all girls are crazy. All his ex-girlfriends couldn't have been crazy, right? So that's the thing. It's the idea that they're turning everything around on you. And if you start to feel as if something's wrong with you, when you think you should be right, like for example, in an argument, if you're in an argument and you feel like you have the upper hand and then halfway through the argument, he's turned it around so that you're the bad person and you're sitting there trying to figure out like, well, how did that happen? How did I suddenly become the bad person? Maybe there is something wrong with you. You're being totally emotionally abused. You're being, it's being turned around on you. And that, these are just very, very simple ways of somebody emotionally abusing you. There's also controlling issues, um, minimizing your time with your friends and family, you know, these are small things that people think like, well, he's just a little bit jealous. Aren't boys supposed to be jealous? You know, no. he's just want, doesn't want to lose me. Well, it's not true. Love isn't like that. And I'm sure you know that yourself. Um, you yeah. know, a man isn't supposed to claim you or own you in any way. Right. Yeah. And, and so for me, it was uh, on 100 percent of your time. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Like it, there, there has to be 
forms of loving you in a relationship. And if you're always feeling like you're giving and giving and giving and not getting the same back, well, there's a huge problem with that, right? Like you can't be, narcissists especially are like emotional vampires. And if you're always feeling drained and you're always feeling not good enough and unworthy and soulless, these are all things that are emotional abuse. And a guy will tell you that it's you. You're the problem. Exactly. Well, and when I ha- was with my and I pra- wanted to practice kind of just touch husband. Base on, yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to touch base a little bit on what you said at the beginning, how you said that, um, you know, when we, oh, I totally just lost my thought. I'll, I'll get it back. Carry on with what you were saying about it's your practice good. husband. So uh, one of the things I noticed when I was with my practice husband, who was one of these emotionally abusive types, uh, I found a lot of my time taken up with how he was going to receive or react to things. Um, yes. Which, and I don't have that preoccupation with my reward husband. Because he is self-sufficient inside of himself. He's a balanced, wonderful, loving partner. And in the the prior relationship with the practice husband, it was very competitive. And if something did not go his way, the backlash all came my direction, whether I had anything to do with it or not. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you make a good point because it's, the idea that you're always feeling afraid in your relationship. I remember times when, you know, I, something bothered me, whether it was something he did or something he said, and I wanted to say something like, you know, that hurt my feelings, but I had to honestly weigh the odds. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to get the reaction that I want. So is it just going to make this real situation so much worse? Is he going to blow up? Is he going to put his fist through the wall? And it got to the point where you think it's just not worth it. I'll just swallow it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll have a good day. And, and that's the thing, right? Like you're always scared of even standing up for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember with my practice husband, we'd gone to uh, counseling at one point, And he was such a master manipulator that he had the counselor completely bamboozled and the sessions focused completely around, well, why are you such a shitty wife? Why are you withholding sex from this man? <laughs> he got plenty of sex. The difference, the problem was I could never <laughs> be tired. I could never not want sex. And if I did not want sex, right. then I was withholding, even though he'd already had sex with me three times that day, which is maybe TMI right. for some people. But I mean, that, that's what the <laughs> facts were. And still he managed to convince this professional yeah. psychologist that I was using sex to manipulate him. <laughs> like, you're kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's yeah. the thing. They'll, it'll always be your fault, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly Regardless so. of what argument you're having, what problem you're having, somehow it's always your fault. And that's a pretty good indicator that you're in a bad situation. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me, you, to- you said a little bit about the slap that woke you up. How did you walk through this journey to learning how to love yourself? Um, well, I, I mean, I have to say it, it, it's not easy. You know what I mean? And I mean, that's why I, I work to build stronger women, build resiliency, because you need resiliency to get out of a bad situation, um, which is why a lot of women stay. 
right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of, they say statistically, it takes a woman 17 times to officially leave a man for good. And that's mm -hmm. scary when you think about being in a, an abusive relationship that, you know, there, there are times a woman will just go back and go back and go back and it takes 17 times just to get out of it. But something you did mention at the beginning is that, you know, when you get out of the relationship, you know, a good way to heal yourself is to not jump into a new one. Like mm -hmm. I've taken three years since that relationship. I'm still single. And all I've done so far is worked on myself and loved myself. And you mentioned before how you said, you know, women are kind of taught that we're nothing without a man besides, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I have never accomplished more in the three years single than I ever did in a relationship with a man beside me, you know? My career has skyrocketed, my, my lifestyle, my relationship with my daughter, everything is better. So, you know, I think it's really important for women to understand that they can have it all without a man. Yes. Now, going back to my journey, um, I, you know, it's a slow process. And for me, you know, my, my biggest, most rewarding part of it was just the act of leaving which was not easy. You know, I had a, a very volatile argument with him before I walked out the door. And I honestly wasn't sure if I was walking out alive. So I mean, it, it's got to be a slow process for everybody, I think, because you don't ever want to put yourself in a dangerous situation, right? Yeah. You know, it may even take you you having somebody with you before you can leave, right? Exactly. So I, I'm always careful with saying, you know, you got to make you got to do you first, right? You got to make sure you're in a safe situation before you do anything. But for me, it was I started journaling. I've I've been journaling since I was nine years old. I lost it for a few years. And for me, just the act of writing it all out, writing out my emotions, how I felt, and especially about how I saw myself. And I mean, not everybody likes writing, but I think even just meditating through the process of visualizing who you are can really awaken your, yourself to the idea that, wow, I don't really think very much of myself. And to me, that experience was a big wake-up call for me because I was like, at what point in my life did I stop liking who I was? Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? So for, I guess the, the very beginning of it was to kind of flesh it out and see who I was, why I thought that, and what I was going to do to change it. Exactly. Well, and I think you, you said a very important thing, which is you really have to choose your moment to depart. I know when I left the practice husband, yes. uh, he had, I was desperately sick with pneumonia. And I could not go north to visit family, which is what he wanted to do. So he took the only car that we had and left me by myself in a town we'd only lived in for six months. I had like next to no friends. <laughs> I had a few acquaintances in the lab and that was it. And after I finished bawling my eyes out and just about choking on the phlegm, <laughs> um, I came to the conclusion that if I was well enough to be left on my own, I was also well enough to leave him. And I took that opportunity of him being mm -hmm. gone for six or seven days, whatever it was, to call people that I barely knew. I basically threw myself on the mercy of strangers to help them move me out into a place that he had no idea where I was. So, yeah, you, right. have, to, you have to choose your moment and you have to, at some point, trust and jump. 
Well, I think it's really easy for, for people, especially family and friends, to say, you have to leave. Like, what's wrong with you? Get mm-hmm. out of there. You know, but we have to be careful because women have died in these situations, Absolutely. especially the catalyst of leaving. You know what I mean? Women have mm-hmm. died. So we always have to be careful that we're not pushing someone to walk out the door in a moment where she's going to die, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, it's easy to say you have to leave what you need is an opportunity and an opening in which she can leave. And for her to be surrounded by people yes. to protect her, because <clears throat> if you try to leave on your own and he's there, that's when it gets really ugly. So, okay. Yes, we, we are exactly. Fixing, we are fixing to go to break, but there is more amazing stuff behind this. So hang with us and... I just want to say if you're in one of these situations and light workers frequently end up in these situations for a variety of reasons, there is hope. It is possible to leave in a safe fashion. And if you would like to reach out to either of us for advice or counsel, we are here for you. You can find us on Facebook. I am Zofia Renea, Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. And Kim, what is your Facebook handle? My Facebook handle is at Kimmy Love Author. Okay. So K-I-M-M-I-L-O-V-E-A-U-T-H-O-R. Perfect. And we will be right back after the break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with Kimberly Love, and we are talking about the most important love you can have in your life, and that is love for yourself. So 
you mentioned that you walked out and then you started working on yourself. I kind of had a slightly different journey in that I started working on myself, which is what allowed me to walk out. Um, tell me a little bit about what your journey to self-love was because it can, it can be challenging. Yeah, I mean, my journey through self-love had a mixture of things. Like I said, I started journaling things out because for me, I needed to get I needed to get my feelings out of my body. And for me, the great way to do that is writing. You know, I have a long career in writing. And, you know, I needed to be able to, to get that out of my body, you know, review it, think about it, and then work towards um, changing myself, mostly from the inside out. And, you know, I had to realize that, you know, loving myself has to come first. And I think that a lot of people get into relationships and they don't even love themselves. Yes. So it makes it, then they wonder why it's not working once they're in the relationship. And I think for me, that's why I haven't moved into that arena because I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was the best version of myself so I could attract, you know, the, the guy that was going to meet my needs the way that I want to. And I, you know, for me, I have a, a very broad career, you know, and for me, I need a guy who's going to support me as an entrepreneur and the dreams that I want. So I guess it started with journaling. And it also had to do with me going out and getting back into the gym. Because just for me that having something that like builds the endorphins in my body, it just makes me feel good. Exercise might not be for everybody. But for me, I needed to find things that make me feel good on a daily basis, so that I don't get in those dark areas. So yeah. I did journaling, going to the gym, and most importantly, meditating. Because for anybody who hasn't meditated before, I mean, you can quite literally visualize your entire future the way you want it to be, who you want to be, all in you know a span of 30 minutes a day. And I, to me, it's just opened my mind and opened my body to new experiences. So I guess that's probably the the basics of changing things around. I also started counseling and that allowed me to get my perspective out there and hear, you know, somebody else confirm that, you know, I did the right thing and that mm -hmm. I'm moving forward in a healthy way. And I think mm -hmm. that the best thing we can do for ourselves is to start making healthy choices because yeah. if we don't love ourselves before we get into a relationship, then we're kind of putting all the pressure on the man to make us happy. Right. Yeah, and, and that's a lot of pressure whole. to put on yeah. someone. And nobody yes. can make you happy, right? Happy is no. an inside job. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, the great thing about it is, is if you go into a healthy relationship, then you know what, you're, you're getting some love back. But if you end up in a toxic relationship, and you don't love yourself, well, now you're getting the gun turned on you and you actually believe it should be turned on you. So that's yeah. the dangers of not loving yourself when you're going out into the dating world, right? Exactly. And I love that you went to counseling. I also went through several years of counseling after that particular relationship ended. And it, it put a lot of things into perspective for me as well. And I remember sharing the story of, of leaving him with my counselor. And she says, hold on, I want you to stop right here because I don't think you understand what you've done. And I'm like, uh oh, I'm going to get smacked. She says, no, no, no. Most women don't leave. 
So I want you to give yourself yes. credit for the amazing thing that you've done in leaving. I want you to really look at that and really celebrate that because that is huge. It was a huge gift of love that you gave yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Because up well, to that point, I'd looked at it as one of my failures, right? Because I couldn't make yes. it better. I couldn't make the relationship work, right? Well, I think that a lot of people even see going to counseling as a failure, right? Like, well, yeah. there's got to be something wrong with me. And I mean, that stigma around going to counseling or going to a, a therapist, I, I hope disappears in the, in the future because, I mean, leaving someone who's abusive and changing your life is so huge that, you know, you shouldn't do it alone. You should have mm -hmm. a great support system around you, friends and family. And yes, someone, uh, a therapist or a counselor that you can, you know, give your thoughts to in a trusted environment. And you know, those thoughts are going to be protected and that, you know, he or she is going to take your words and, and allow you to own them in your own way. But also, like you said, give you perspective for the future because mm -hmm. sometimes we can't get out of our own heads, right? Oh, and yeah. we're, like you said, you thought, well, this is a failure and she gave you a new idea. That's the, the beauty behind a therapist is they know how to walk you through the path mm -hmm. to the new you, right? Yeah, it, it's a beautiful transformational experience when you get with the right therapist. So if you don't mesh with the first yes. one, don't, don't go, oh, this is not going to be for me. Go try a different one until you find somebody who's yes. on that wavelength with you. Yeah, I love that. Yay. Yes, and that's the thing there. There's, there's bad apples everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, you got to find who you fit with. And I certainly didn't stay with the very first counselor I went to. You know, you have to feel good with that person and vibe in a certain way, right? Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about healthier relationships. Um, because I know it's very common when you get into a relationship and early on in the love process, you just kind of want to bury yourself in it, right? You give all of me and give yeah. up my life and just become this relationship. And that in and of itself, while it's, it's uh, what should I say, thrilling and, and exciting, there's hidden dangers in that. So what, are, what is your perspective on yeah. and how does that fit into life? Well, for me, I love very deeply. Like I'm, like you said, I, I throw it all in there. You know what I mean? I love, I love that person as much as I possibly can. I'm a big lover. Um, the risk of course is, especially if you're not getting that in return is that you're, you're giving yourself too much. You're giving all and you're forgetting almost, oh, I'm still here, right? Yes. A lot of women especially, like they'll start dating a guy and then they'll see their friends less. He'll see his friends less. Mm -hmm. You know, hobbies seem to disappear. And, you know, they're so wrapped up in this new love that they forget who they were as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I think in order to have a healthy relationship, I think you still have to maintain your friendships, you know, go out alone, you know, and especially your hobbies. If you love something before, you know, you don't have to go into a relationship and be like, well, he doesn't like this. You know, he likes football. I'm going to go watch football with him and not go do my thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I know so many women that despise football but they are there every Sunday yeah, watching yeah. it with their men. Watching it with their men, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, 
and I say to them, like, go out and, you know, build something, go, go to one of those paint nights or, you know, go have some patio drinks with your friend, like whatever it is you do for fun. Yeah, you take, know, let him have take all the girls that go with go the guys, exactly, and go do yeah, something go you guys really enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that. it's so dangerous to lose who you were. And you got to remember too, is he fell in love with who you were when he met you. Yeah. And if you change yourself to accommodate him, then you're really not even the person he fell in love with to begin with, right? Yes, you've robbed him of that experience of Eunice by becoming what you think he wants you to yes. be. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing that exactly. I've noticed in And I my, mean, it doesn't make you any happier. Yeah, and that's one of the things I've noticed in my relationship with my, bon my reward husband. Um, we both enjoy different things, but we also enjoy things together, right? So there is an overlap of common interests, yes. and there are some things that we just don't mm -hmm. do together. He loves scary movies, and that's like a, a big hell no for me. <laughs> so when I'm off having a hunting weekend or something, he watches all the scary movies. And, you know, we just right. work it that way. So, yeah. you don't And you can always be. find new passions together. Exactly. You don't have to be joined at the hip. My, my father, after he left no. my, my birth mother, um, he found a woman who was absolutely delightful. She never wanted to be called a stepmother, so I call her my bonus mom. But he opened up to so many new different things with her by his side than he ever would have explored on his own. And some of them were like, yeah, no, I don't think I'll do that again. But others of them, where, like, he learned to play the dulcimer. He never showed any musical inclination earlier in his life, but he, he fell in love with the dulcimer, and I thought that was a fabulous thing because he was open to exploring with her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful thing when you can find new things with that person. The idea is to grow, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Grow with your partner, not change or yeah. be someone you're not. Yeah, exactly. Or if you haven't experienced something, be open to experiencing it with them. And you never know. It might yes. be good. Mm -hmm. It might not be good. But hey, at least you've tried, right? So what are some of the yeah. dangers? Well, I say that to my daughter all the time. <laughs> what, what are some of the dangers? Of I say that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I think we're, uh, there's a delay, so I'm, oh, I'm hearing your questions is. later. But yeah, there's a delay. So what I was going to say is I say that to my daughter all the time that at least try it once. Mm -hmm. You don't have to love it, but at least try it. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the dangers of losing yourself in a relationship? Um, losing yourself in a relationship, I think the dangers are and I made some notes here. The dangers of losing yourself in a relationship, I mean, I guess the biggest danger is, is that you accept, you have the risk of accepting poor treatment. And I mean, mm. that's one of the majors. One of the um, smaller things, I guess, is for one thing, you're creating more work for your partner, right? Mm. Because like I said before, when you get into a relationship and you're expecting him to fill you, and, and bring you all the love. That's a lot of pressure and a lot of work for a partner when really, you know, it's not his job to make you happy, right? right. You have to make yourself happy first. And 
I think another thing is um, I've talked to a few women who experience anxiety in a relationship <clears throat> and it comes to what they've experienced in their past. People who go into a relationship who don't love themselves, they tend to think that things aren't going well, even if they are. You know, yes. they have anxiety before a fight even happens or they anticipate bad things are going to happen. And that's a big, huge risk if you're going in without loving yourself is that you know, you're almost setting your relationship up for failure because you're assuming that, okay, I didn't get that message when I was supposed to, or he didn't do this, he didn't do that. And you assume it's because your relationship is going in the crapper when really it could be a million reasons why these things have happened, right? And that's the risk is that you're, you're almost setting your relationship up for failure. Yeah. Another I thing is you... I, I recall when I was early in my relationship with my current husband that there were several times he would look at me and go, that is a crappy-ass assumption, and I am not your ex. <laughs> and yes. so he was really good about yes. calling me on that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, you need to sit and think about what's going yeah. on and what's playing in your mind because – that assumption has nothing to do with my perception of reality. <laughs> and so he, he was actually really yeah, patient. Yeah, and I mean, well, I think that goes to show that he's a right match for you, right? Because mm -hmm. of the fact that he was willing to take these things you were giving to him and whoops, pumped instead. So, okay. you know okay. what I mean? Hang, you hang have to understand. You, you completely broke up there. So, uh, oh, no. So go back to where um, that, that's why he was a good match for you. He's a good match for you because he was patient with you. So he understood, okay, you know, there's some issues from your past. How can we work on it? Whereas my girlfriend instead just got dumped. You know, mm -hmm. the guy was like, whoa, man, you blew this way out of proportion. Like, I'm not dealing with your level of crazy. And he just got rid of her. And that's the risk we take, right? If we're going to go into it anxiety bound. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you, I think everyone should be able to have a conversation about it. Like, yes, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have assumed that, you know, how can we work ahead in the future? But you don't always get that chance. And unfortunately, when you're not loving yourself, I think you forget to be grateful for the relationship you're in. And instead, mm -hmm. you start attacking it when there's no reason to attack it. Right? Right. Yeah. Well, and it's so easy to look at the other person and go, you're the problem when more, uh, most often than yeah. not, the problem sits inside of you someplace. <laughs> yes. We're, well, we're, we're trained to, to look and to blame and to do that kind of stuff and not to look at our shit. Yes. So, yeah, it's, well, it's I try to always fun. say, you know, when, um, when a woman comes to me and, and expresses that her past is kind of encroaching in her relationship, I, I try to warn her, like, when you feel anxiety or you feel that, oh, you know, something's wrong with my relationship, it, that's the moment when we need to look at it, right? Am I freaking out over nothing? Like, is he, you know, not messaging me because he's with another woman? Or is he not messaging me because there's 500 other valid reasons there could be, right? So we're coming up on a break here. Yeah. Uh, I want, I would like to encourage you if you're out there listening to this, to spend a few minutes around, if you're in a relationship, the awkward spots that you're having right now, and just kind of reflect on how much is that assumptions and 
programming from my childhood that's coming in here and how much of that is actual factual stuff um and if you're not in a relationship you can reflect on a past relationship and and begin to sort of take that apart be kind to yourself as you're doing this and then we will see you on the other side of the break Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm here talking with Kimmy Love about the most important love you can have in your life, and that is the love with yourself. So before we went on the break, we were talking about some of the dangers of losing ourselves in a relationship. Let's, let's look at what are some of the healthy things, uh, the signs that you have a good relationship. Well, for someone who's loving themselves and in a healthy relationship, what that looks like is like one great thing is you, you feel open to share yourself with your partner. Mm-hmm. When you're comfortable with yourself and you're happily in that relationship, don't you just feel like you can share anything, whether it's your past or your dreams or something bad that happened today, right? You just feel like I can be open with this person. Exactly. And nothing bad is going to happen, no matter how terrible the thing I have to share is. Right. <laughs> yeah. My yes. And, and I, I think that my, my current husband and I went through a really rough patch a few years ago. And the, there were like echoes of the past in my head before I sat down to have this relationship with him. But I had to tell him that we were bankrupt and that we needed to commit bankruptcy. And... 
I was, I was so full of nerves, even though, you know, we've had 20 years together and he's never reacted badly. This is like the worst bit of news I could imagine bringing him. And he was fabulous. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. He, he owned his part of the problem. I owned my part of the problem. And it was a really supportive, constructive relationship. And I felt so, uh, conversation, I felt so much better after it. Uh, whereas if I yes. thought about trying to have that conversation with the practice husband, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have yes. been like World War Three, And of course, it would have all been my fault. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, I think that you uh, made a good point there um, with how you how your hand, husband handled the situation because another good sign is that you trust your partner's love, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when your partner's saying he loves you and that everything's going to be okay and we can get through this, you actually trust them. And you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have that anxiety. You don't have that, you know, he's going to leave me feeling anymore. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing in that conversation was it was about what's our path through, what's our common good, what's our mutual solution, as opposed to in the nasty first relationship, it would have all been about, well, you know, you're just so incompetent and why did you do this to us and it's all your fault. You know? Yes. So yes. Yeah. I, I think the bottom line of it comes down to in a good relationship – where both parties are loving each other and working on it, the enemy, if there is an enemy, is outside of the relationship, not inside the relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I find when you're in a healthy relationship as well, you also fight fair, mm-hmm. right? You're not out to attack or, you know, have anger. You know, you're trying to work through a problem and fight fair, as opposed to, well, I'm going to bring this guy down during our argument. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I know all his because weaknesses, and I'm going to kneecap him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <it's> so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I think when you're when you're loving yourself and you're loving him and, and you're healthy, I think you're when you fight, you want to truly work through this and get to the other side, as opposed to, well, I know what buttons I can push. Yeah. Exactly. And it. I find that when we have differences, it's more of a discussion and a working through, whereas in the previous relationship, it was a fight. There was name calling. There was, you know, I'm going to poke you in your weak spots, whereas in the healthy relationship, there's none of that. I would never call him a nasty name. I might disagree with what he's saying strongly and you know, express my opinion on that, but it never degenerates into the, the personal, if that makes sense. Oh, yes, totally. And I think, too, in a, a healthy relationship, you actually have the freedom to feel independent of that person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure, like you, we, we kind of agree in the arena that there is no way I would have been allowed any independence in my past relationship. And if I did go out, he would have blown up my phone you know, then I would have come home and I would have been accused of cheating and the whole nine yards, right? Whereas in a healthy relationship, it's okay for you to be independent of your partner and do your own things, have your own friends. Yeah, exactly. I, 
I remember that I always knew when he was cheating in that first relationship because I would be accused. You know, I would come home from having worked two jobs and done overtime on one of them, you know, with a big fat paycheck. And he would accuse me of, of, well, I must be running around and sleeping with people. It's like, when do I freaking have time to sleep with people? I'm working two jobs and I'm going to school part time. (laughs) And then I'm here doing all of the housework and having sex with you four times a day. When do I possibly have time and why would I need more sex? (laughs) But there, there was no logic to it. (laughs) <laughs> it's all part know, right? of the gaslighting, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's a red flag for, for anybody. You know, if you're ever in a relationship and you're not doing anything wrong and you're always being accused of cheating, that's a huge red flag that you're probably being cheated on. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So what are some ways, if you're moving into a new mode of of learning to love yourself and preparing to have a healthier relationship. Let's say you're, you're starting to wade into the water with somebody new. What are some ways you can invest in yourself without losing yourself completely in that relationship? Well, I think on a basic level, um, I know, you know, when you first meet someone and you're starting to date and then you're, you get that girlfriend title or boyfriend title it's exciting. You know, you feel like all the love is all around you. But I think just on a basic level of keeping your own interest right from the beginning, don't even get to the point where you lose yourself, you know, you know, don't see him every night of the week. You know what I mean? Have a night that's even just for yourself, not even about your friends, right? You know, just have, don't go over there every single night or go out every single night, you know, try to keep some time for yourself. And that's really the basics of trying to keep yourself to yourself without all to him. Yeah, exactly. And I look at it as part of filling up my cup. I know I'm a very introverted person, and so I need alone time in order to recharge. And that's even the case with my husband. You know, we, (laughs) we live together, we work together, we both work from home. So alone time, it can be a challenging thing to find. But I make the point of finding it because I need that, even from him. And he's very supportive and charges me up in a lot of ways. But it's still important for me to have that quiet time. So, yeah. And I think that um, we just have to be kind to ourselves, right? Especially for women who have been in troubling relationships before. I think just remember when you're entering something new, just to be kind to yourself, things are going to crop up and, you know, being forgiving of our past and uh, ourselves and the mistakes we make in the future. It's all okay. Yeah. Exactly. And most mistakes are not actually mistakes anyway. We're really it's like learning experiences. Yeah, we're really quick to make those judgments about ourselves. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is we're all human and we're all just figuring yes. out the best we can in the moment. So yeah, yes. to have some love and compassion for yourself is really important. What are some ways that you have practiced compassion for yourself? What are some places where you've been harsh with yourself and you've learned to give yourself some grace? Um, again, like when I talk about kindness, um, one thing that I learned about myself throughout my journey was, especially when I recognized that 
there was a time when I didn't love myself. You know, I used to think to myself, like, how on earth did I get through the day thinking these terrible thoughts about myself? And I think that, you know, thoughts will crop up, as I said. And I think you just need to, if you can just change that thought to a positive as quickly as, as you can, you'll start to recognize the bad thoughts when they come up. But for me, I do like a morning ritual in the mirror. You know, especially for women, as we get older, it seems like we can even be unkind to ourselves when we're all by ourselves. And, you know, I like to look at myself in, in the mirror and just appreciate what I love about myself. And you can say things physically about yourself, you know, how much I love my eyes, or you can talk about the things that you, your personality, like, you know, I love that you're a compassionate person and I love that you think about others and that sort of thing. And I think just on a basic level, like, it's a, it's a very simple thing that takes less than a minute, but it makes you feel really good in the morning when you're starting your day. You know, you kind of start off on a good note, kind of complimenting yourself. And I just, I think that's important for everybody to recognize that loving yourself can be done so simply. Yeah, exactly. How do you begin to shift your body image? Because I know a lot of us have been raised with body image things, whether yeah. it's like you've got too much boobs, not enough boobs, too much hips, not enough hips, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, how did you begin to shift that sort of thing for yourself when you looked in the mirror instead of immediately being drawn to that thing that you don't like? Well, like I said, it's, it's not an easy process because, I mean, I used to – freak out when I saw a new wrinkle or a new gray hair and I'd be like, Oh no, <laughs> like aging I'm going to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm falling apart. And I mean, you know, I, I appreciate that you mentioned the whole like big boobs, small boobs, because when I was growing up, I've always been very thin, but I was very self-conscious about, because I'm small breasted. It's just the way it happens when, when you're always kind of thin. And I used to think like, oh, I got to get a boob job. You know what I mean? Like guys aren't going to like me without a boob job. And that's such a toxic thought. And I'm glad I never went forward with getting a boob job because now I've appreciated my body the way it is. And I've learned that guys love you all shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's simply an act of, again, I go back to journaling. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but when I have a bad day, you know, I write down these things that keep cropping up in my head. And then I realize just how ridiculous some of them are. You know what I mean? I think we're like so unkind to ourselves on a daily basis. Like, I'm just like, wow, you know, I don't need an enemy. I can do that all by myself. You apparently. know? <laughs> Did I lose you completely? I, I think we, we got crossed wires again. So you were saying you're not going to look at yourself uh, on the first okay. day of this experience. No, day one. And I mean, again, this is a, a gross experiment that is daily and should be done your entire life. You're not going to walk into the bathroom on the first day and be like, I'm fabulous, even though I hope that's what you do, you know, but just be kind to yourself instead of looking at the, that new wrinkle that cropped up there, you know, be like, wow, I have good hair today or, you know, your smile. It's so, it's really so easy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I've kind of learned to 
what I want to say, put some perspective around it. Um, you know, there are those mornings yeah. you wake up and your hair just has its own opinion. And I just kind of look in the mirror <laughs> and I go, hello, yeah. Tina Turner and Mad Max, ain't it great? <laughs> yes. I'm just rocking you know a I mean? new look. Tina Turner rocked that look her whole career. Yes, she did. <laughs> Absolutely. So instead of getting down on myself, I, I try to find a more positive spin on whatever it is. <laughs> And so I think you've, oh, here we go. You're back. <laughs> <laughs> you froze there for a minute. I'm like, I don't know if she's asking me something or not. Oh, okay. So we are getting down to the tail end of things. What would be your last few words of wisdom to somebody who's early on their, their path to loving themselves or even a little ways down the, the path of loving themselves? I think my parting words would be um, know you're worthy and know that you're enough. Um, throughout our journey from like 20s to 50s to 60s to 70s, there's going to be moments where we're, we wonder if we're on the right path, if we're doing the right thing. And I think we always have to trust our intuition and know our own right that, you know, I am worthy of these amazing experiences, this amazing relationship, you know, and just know that you're enough. Mm. Yes. And I, I think you can even borrow that from someone if you're having a little bit of trouble getting there on your own. Um, I know I found wonderful people in my life at some of my lowest moments who saw yes. things in me and were able to share that with me. And it's like, okay, I know you, I respect your opinion, and I'm just going to take it on faith that what you're telling me is accurate. And, and embrace yeah. that. And mentors are amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom, my love. Uh, and thank, oh, you thank you. To, thank you to all the listeners out there who've joined us. Um, you are amazing and wonderful and worthy of all good things. And until we see you next, go out and live soul first. Thank you so much. Yay. Oh, thank you. I, I will go glad we made it through there. I will go through it and, and edit. <laughs> it's going to need some help. But <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you're out. Well, you're assistant. Um, yes, yes. When I go back home, and it's not even the sticks, but it's northern enough that uh, the video and audio is never the way it is where I am. So I totally get it. <laughs> So yeah, just, you're just like, where am I? I'm just doing the best I can with what I got right now. So thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate okay. your patience with all the glitches. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 